Hello everybody and welcome back to the Catch Cake podcast. Today we are on season four, episode three. And I've been doing a series of interviews, but this week, because I was adventuring, I thought I might as well do a solo cast. So I'm going to tell you about where I went, up the Midlands, um, I went to a festival, went exploring woods and castles and lakes and all that jazz. Um, So it was a very exciting time. Um, I'll also fill in a bit about the farm, what's going on, and a bit about the bees. And of course, um, the pollinator plan came out as well. So I'll update you on a bit of that. Um, But yeah, first of all, just a thank you to all the patrons who are supporting me every week. And also to Stephen, um, who supported me uh, with a once-off donation. Um, So thank you so much for that. And that will go straight into my bees. Um, and I'm doing loads of work with them at the moment. I'm painting them at the moment with linseed oil. So I'm building the hive boxes and I'm building honey frames and brood frames or, you know, they store the brood, uh, the eggs and the honey there. So I'm building them and I've been just kind of getting sorted with all of that, with like tools and staplers and hammers and nails and all sorts and glue. So loads of DIY work, really trying to get organized for the season because they've started swarming and things are busy. Um, so yeah, so we'll fill in a bit more about that. Um, so without further ado, let's get started. So last week, um, was kind of a celebration of Bialtana and I attended two different types of ceremonies. I attended one in a local, um, kind of hall where we celebrated the start of May and summer and all of that and, kind of made reeds and we shared plants and made we drummed together and just loads of people sharing um, even organic foods and all stuff like that coming together to celebrate the start of summer and just like-minded people who are really into the earth and everybody yeah just sharing all the good stuff um and then the second ceremony I attended was up in Westmeath um, called Ishnak. So there's a festival on there every year and it's actually an old, old, old um, tradition where people would go up to this hill of Ishnak, which is at the very centre of Ireland. Um, so Ireland has like four, you know, like the four corners together when they meet in the middle, the ley lines, there's a hill. It's called Ishnak. And... So the fire festival is held there to celebrate all of that about Bjelton and the earth and our sacred kind of ancestry and all about the land, basically. So I headed up there on the Friday um, and the festival was the Saturday. went up with my friend in her camper van, well, her caravan. And we actually, it was a long journey up there, actually, because we stopped in Tipperary. And we ventured into the Rock of Cashel, which was very exciting altogether. And we brought our drums up there and we visited the, like just the grounds of the castle. And we looked at the abbey down below, which was very old as well. And just the green, green land surrounded by beech trees. And we drummed up there and we we kind of, yeah, we just celebrated the beautiful space and the ancestry 
and just offered blessings to the land. So it was a very, very beautiful experience and it was the start of a very adventurous weekend. Um, so after the Rock of Cashel, we headed on up towards Westmeath and we passed all sorts of beautiful scenery, forests, and then we came across two fields full of horses there must have been like 30 horses or more just amazing and the sun was setting on the horses in the field and I, they were all just galloping along together in the wild and it was just amazing and they were covered by hawthorn trees and this tiny little cottage which had like glass windows at the front but it was like full of briars and brambles and stuff so it was like coming out of all the windows so it was like a house where nature had taken over, which was amazing. Like, I love that. I love when there's like abandoned buildings and nature has just grown back through the walls, the cracks, the floors, the ceilings, because that's what we are and that's what this is, essentially. You know, we can build all the concrete we want, but nature will eventually take over. And I love that. It's like real art, you know. And I don't know if any of you have seen any of the pictures of Chernobyl but like when you look at Chernobyl now like all the old buildings they've just been taken over they're like jungles now inside in the buildings it's crazy to see it it's like concrete jungle versus nature jungle in like contrast you know um so then we ventured on up towards Loch Ray and we stayed in a beautiful campsite there um Lockery camper van and camp campsite um, and the lake is there at the front and you've trees surrounding it and it's just the most magical place the first evening we got there it was sunset on the lake it was just stunning there was fish in the lake it was boats like a boat or two coming in uh, fishermen and just really good vibes on the land and the most wonderful staff really welcoming and then that night we had a music session in the like the little shed there. We brought the bowron, we brought the drum, the goatskin drum, and we played into the night. And another man had a guitar, and we sang songs, Irish songs, English, all sorts. And we had the fire lit, and we just had the most beautiful night in in communion with each other, just singing and playing music, and barely like we barely knew the words to songs and stuff like that. But it was just. It was just real comfortable and something that like we needed because, you know, COVID went up for so long. And we weren't in connection or community. So it was so lovely. So we kind of went to bed late that night after all the music session and the drumming. Um, I was trying my hand at Bowron. It's not as easy as it looks first time. My hand, they were like, flick your wrist. And I was trying to flick my wrist, but it was quite hard. Um, so that night then we just kind of went back to the campsite and... Um, we got up the next day to go to Bay Sports uh, Water Complex. So it's like the biggest, I think it's the biggest water kind of park. It's like bouncy castles out on a lake. And it's just, it was so much fun. Like, talk about being a kid. So my friend was there and her kid, she's five, Danu, lovely little girl. And we just put on our wetsuit and we swam out to these bouncy castles. And it's like an obstacle course. You got to like go on trampolines, then climb up ladders and ropes and then like fall down the other side and bounce into the water and jump into the water and go down these slides that are like really tight and like go down head first and backwards and 
oh my god like the laughs we had we were giggling it was so funny and I actually would just advise everybody to do it it was so much fun um, after that then we ventured into Athlone and we went to Athlone Castle very medieval casting kind of Viking history and really interesting place altogether and really kind of mysterious and mystical vibes like we you can go into like the kind of museum part which is indoors and there's these big kind of fortified walls and that was really cool got to learn about like swords and cannonballs and um like king chairs and just old kind of um clothing they would have worn when they were in like combat and fighting and yeah i think like me the westmeath like because it was the center of ireland i think if if anybody's listening and they know the right story but i think it was like the fifth kind of province or like separated area because it was the center of ireland um so there was a lot of fighting went on there for like um you know for their own whoever wanted the land um so that was that um so the castle was pretty cool and then we played chess there was like a giant chess board there as well like like human sized chess so that was pretty cool it could barely lift the actual parts but it was quite fun um we then ventured back to the campsite and we got ready for the festival and we got like I put like some crab apple flowers in one side of my hair and some daisies in the other we got on our dresses and my friend did face paints on hers and it was just really exciting to get ready for a festival again because it had been it's been years since I've been at a festival. Um, so we ventured up to the hill of Ishnak and the parking was super easy. I don't think there was like there must have been a few thousand there, but it was relatively very easy to get in and out. Um, and we walked up the hill and the grounds were just amazing. Like they had all these kind of like kind of fairy trees and they actually had bees there as well like beekeeping stuff um i'm not sure i agreed with some of it because they have these like kind of display hives where the frame of the hive is actually in full sunlight and i don't know how i feel about that like because the bees are meant to be in the dark and i don't know it just feels a bit weird that maybe there's some logistic or logic to it but I just didn't like seeing the bees in full sunlight especially the queen bee which should never be in full sunlight ever so I was like when I saw that kind of area I was a bit like oh bees and I saw all the different hives there and then I kind of saw the bees out and I was like oh god I don't know about this but anyways look each to their own this is man who has domesticated you know species and animals and you know uh, what are the laws you know <clears throat> so I actually ventured through the kind of fairy trees as well and they had like these mushroom kind of statues and like fairies and goddesses and stuff really mystical and mysterious and just really cool and then there was all these people wearing like old kind of um, I suppose Celtic or warrior clothing or Viking clothing and just like really cool and up on horses and galloping along the fields with like swords and weapons and it's quite cool uh, felt like we were in like a movie or something you know um i must say though the queue for the ice cream truck like nearly fainted it was so long and then the queue for fish and chips nearly fainted it must be an hour queuing it was like terribly long 
Um, but the drumming there, the bands, they were all just amazing. Like the drums, there was one large drum that was like multicolored and there must have been like 20 people playing on the drum and like my heart, like you could feel the drum beating with your heart. So it was a really cool experience. Um, and then they had just really good bands, like Irish bands singing in Irish, really cool. And uh, they had like a Viking boat, really fun. I didn't go into it though. And they also had um, a fire that night at nine o'clock. So there was, it was all in celebration of the fire. So they lit the fire. Well, first of all, they had all these people walking with all these old kind of clothing. And it was very like mysterious and beautiful. Um, and just like saying thank you to the land. Um, so they kind of walked around the, f the centerpiece, the fire the wood that was stacked and the horses were there and the sun was setting, it was nine o'clock and the drums were playing, boom, 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 boom. It was really amazing. And the, like, the energy was really rising, you know, it was really rising and more people were gathering and eventually they had this like, everybody had like candles or like small bits of flames and they all kind of walked in together and put like basically lit the big fire. Um, so it was amazing um, and just a great experience to see it up in flames, up in the sky. Um, so it was really cool. Um, and then afterwards, then more drums came and fire breathers came, loads of act, like drama people came um, acting out um, kind of, yeah, like goddesses of era, Ireland and then the fire breathers were there and they were kind of doing kind of dances with the fire, which was really cool as well. Um, and then towards the end of the night, we ventured back towards kind of the center area and they were actually lighting up like a bull as well. And all these horses that were like in like it was kind of like this black kind of um, ignited design. So you could just light the horse on fire like this artist design and then the spirals were also lit up, lit up on fire. So there was just fires going on everywhere and it actually got really hot up there. Um, so that was really cool. Then towards the end of the night ventured back towards the main stage and there was a great Irish band on and it was like really modern. It was all Irish instruments but like really modern music and everybody was like jumping up and down and dancing and it was a really clean festival like I don't think I really saw any drink maybe a couple of people had wine or a couple of cans but like it was really like family friendly loads of kids and just like everybody on the same kind of vibe um, and it ended like you know I was gone out of there by 11pm so a very early night um, and just settled into bed that night Um so yeah, it was a really good experience and just wonderful to be around such good people. And I met people who follow me on Instagram and they were all like, thank you for your work and all you do and the podcast and all that. So um, it was really great to meet people because you just go to a festival where everybody's, you know, into nature and protecting nature and you meet all the same people and it's like really powerful. So that was so lovely. So if anybody's listening that I met there, it was so good to meet you. <laughs> And thanks for coming up to me because I love that. Uh, it's great to connect with other people who are doing the same kind of stuff, you know. So then uh, the following day, then we kind of ventured. We had a kind of an, a relaxing time on the lake in the morning 
practicing some yoga, doing some swimming in the lake, and then eventually um, went off to see Portlick Millennium Forest. Um, so beautiful forest, not too far. And then again, like all these kind of farms and lakes and just then eventually coming upon this forest. It was so beautiful, big beech trees and yeah I love the beech trees um it's just beautiful to get lost in there and again like loads of people had made these like fairy doors and artist stuff so it's really cute and eventually we finished up again in Athlone um just kind of wandering and getting a few foodie bits um before getting the camper the caravan ready for the road but like to be honest camp a caravan takes a long time to tow like you have to go quite slow I think the speed limit's like 80 so yeah that was so much fun and like really different experience to having a tent um to have an actual bed and a kitchen and all that was really good um yeah so if you are venturing up to the midlands westmeath have a check out the rock of cashel very cool check out hill ishnach uh very amazing and um, portlick millennium forest athlone castle and Loch Ray and water based sports for all the fun and adventure. So I'll talk to you a bit about now what's going on on the farm. So the tunnel at the moment is booming. Uh, abs- I don't actually have enough space. The grapevine I have has taken over the whole place on the left hand side going in. It's all over the place. Strawberries are flowering and the fruit is out. It's green at the moment. It's not red yet. Um, I have tomatoes in the ground, strong tomatoes, um, so they're they're about a foot and a half high. Rhubarb is very well, getting along very well. I've seeded loads of stuff um, like um, cucumbers and melons and all that. They're all seeded and they're all after, you know, they're, they're true leaves and they're fairly strong now. I have onions in the ground, parsnip, carrot, beans, strawberries, potatoes, uh what else um beetroot beans did I say beans (laughs) loads of beans um and yeah all of it's and lettuce of course um all of it's coming on really strong I'm just at the point now where I'm just at a loss for space I don't know what I'm going to do um but like the potatoes that are in the tunnel the early potatoes they'll be gone out at some point but it's just trying to keep the plants not kind of uh you know um what's it called that they don't get pot bound or whatever um so i'm just trying to get like cucumbers and stuff into bigger boxes or pots for now because i don't really have any space and my courgettes of course like (laughs) oh my god would you ever think that you wouldn't have enough space but the minute you start using seeds you realize it's so abundant you know and then i've also planted like into the ground some mint which has come on um rosemary um lavender foxglove all different cute things and um yeah and the bees are booming absolutely booming so i inspected a few of the hives the other week last week um most of them are just doing amazingly well and my best hive which is right by my door is just exploding so i had to put on an extra box so now it's three-story box um so it's massive And the bees, I inspected them two days ago and it was like really hot, but also a bit windy. So I inspected the box. It took me about an hour. There was like 80,000 bees, like just too many. And I was sweating and I was like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? Uh, But I did it in the end. But it was so funny because the last frame I put in, 
and I took a spoon of honey as well, which was like sensational, unbelievable. But the last frame I put in, I put on the box and literally the last, the literally the last thing I did was put on the crown board to cover it and I got a sting into the finger. And I was like, no way. Like I literally spent an hour there and nothing stung me. No girl stung me. And then the minute I closed the box, I got stung. And I like ran into the house and I was like, no. So my finger now is bulging. You'd think I'd be used to it at this stage, but I'm not. They, my finger still bulges and I'm itching it every day. Uh, but I don't know, maybe one day I'll be immune. Um, but I think she they just got annoyed with me or something. So, yeah. So I got the extra box on, which is great. But there is queen cells in there, so I need to, I'm going to have to do another job on it because... I'll have to find the queen and maybe split it. Um, otherwise, I will lose that colony. And I don't want to lose that queen because she's amazing. She's amazing. And she gave me 40 jars of honey last year. And the box is overflowing again with honey, which is unreal. And it tastes divine. It tastes divine. I took a spoon of it, just a spoon. And I brought it into the kitchen in between inve- inspecting the hives. And I just devoured it. And it was so hot and melted in my mouth. I was like, oh my God, amazing. Um, yeah, so that was all with the bees, really. Um, I need to just keep an eye on them for the queen cells. Um, I don't like part of me wants to leave them swarm and leave. But part of me would like to split them and kind of have an extra colony. Um, I also have bait boxes up, so I have lemongrass oil in them and a bit of wax um, just to draw any um, wandering swarms into the farm. Maybe I might get one. I'll be stay open to it. Um so yeah and this month as well the pollinator plan came out and i also got my on bealtaine magazine so that's the beekeeping one so it kind of fills you in every month what to watch out for so this month now they're saying to watch out for the red mason bee so it's a solitary bee it's got a rounded abdomen with orange hairs and it's reckoned that just one of these females can do the pollination work of over a hundred honeybees. Um, just soak that in for a minute. One female, a hundred honeybees. And the females actually have black hairs on their head and small horns on the face. And they can be found in gardens, nests and cavities or in like loose kind of mortar or bee boxes. April to June is where you find them. And there's also a no mow May pollinator action plan. So you leave the lawnmower in the shed for the month of May to allow the clovers and other flowers to bloom and feed all the insects. Um, Just reducing mowing basically. Or even making like circles or leaving it out. Because the clover is really important. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of some stuff to watch out for. And they also have other things about like Irish farms becoming more pollinator friendly. Um, They're doing like a scoring system and identifying what management practices will benefit pollinators. Um, So they can provide small habitats that will offer food, safety and shelter. Um, for wild bees or hoverflies. So that's kind of what's going on, guys. Um, Otherwise, kind of on the farm, things I've noticed, like the Philadelphus has opened just yesterday. It's my favourite flowering 
I suppose, shrub on the farm. Like the minute it comes out, I know it's there. Like I can smell it from like 10 metres away. I'm like, it's coming because it was budding there for the last couple of, I don't know, a week or so. And I was like, when is it going to open? And then last night I walked past and there was a big, huge bumblebee on it. And I was like, it's open. And I had to stick my nose into it and smell it. I was like, oh my God, it's divine. It's absolutely divine. That Philadelphus, um, look it up. Um, other than that, I'm still working on the forest at home. Um, it has just bloomed. Every sycamore tree has leafed and the other ones as well. There's Japanese larch and um, alder. Um, they're all after coming out. So I'm currently preparing. Um, I've had to re-prepare the ground because of the growth. All my paths that I had made have kind of covered. So I've been re-preparing that so I can actually bring people in there. And I've been actually created a new, another new path in the farm, kind of a fairy path, which is really cute. Um, so I've just been kind of working on that and getting it ready. And I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. Um, just that everything has overgrown now and the forest is completely different even from four weeks ago. Like everything was just bare and now like you can barely get through. So <laughs> I'm trying to clear it all up again so that the path is accessible and clean to get through. But um, I will notify people on social media when I do open it up um, as a little nature experience. And I'm really excited for it. I can't wait. Um, I've had people come in and do drumming. I've had people come in and like kind of chant, do meditation, mindfulness. So it's just going to be the most beautiful space and I can't wait to share it. Um, but it's just small steps now. And if you were following my journey with, um, you know, the surfing accident and my teeth, I had to go back to the dentist yesterday. So I had that going on as well. And turns out one of my teeth, unfortunately, looks like it's kind of on the way out. So that was a bit of a disappointment yesterday. So I'm still kind of um, digesting that news and we have to follow up again on that very soon. But I'm just trying to concentrate now on the good things um, and uh, keep the positive vibes. So I leave it off there for today, folks. Um, I hope you've been enjoying the nature interviews. Let me know if you've been listening and what you think. I hope you enjoyed today's solo cast. Let me know what you're growing, if you've got bees, if you forage, if you do anything like that. I'd love to hear from you or what you're noticing out in nature or what you're doing. Are you leaving like bits of wildflowers? What are you doing? What are you up to? Are you anybody exploring any forests or new places? Let me know. And just a thanks again to the patrons who support this podcast. And if you can help me to keep it going, I'd really appreciate that. Um, every little helps. And it's just great because now I'm doing the actual bee boxes right now. So it's like great to see where the money went. And just thank you so much for that. And hopefully I'll be able to get more equipment um, to get more swarms, hopefully. Um, so thank you again, folks. I hope you enjoyed today. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll chat soon. Ciao.